report the news that nobody has the balls to report? Why am I the only one breaking stories like this? What's up, Turtle Riders? How's everyone doing tonight? Impromptu, I get uh, impromptu, unscheduled Wednesday night live here. We rarely do this. This is a special occasion, but we figured we might as well, folks, because uh, we got to recap the day, what happened here, and everything. Uh, I don't know if we had a chance to pin the turtle chat. Let me get that actually. Let me pull that up here real quick. If anyone wants to turtle chat here, boom. And turtle chat okay all right there we go all right so luckily the celtics are kicking ass they make this a lot easier for us too bad they couldn't uh win that first game we'd have a lot less to worry about right now but anyway uh, we have to do a live tonight because we have to talk about what happened in court today don't we because i got to talk about it briefly outside of court uh so if you guys missed it and by the way if anybody else um if you guys like the program and you want to help what we're doing here at Turtle Boy, we're bi- you can't do Super Chat because they don't let us have that because I have the wrong opinions about certain political topics, medical topics more than anything, uh, and healthcare topics. But if if you'd like to donate anyway, uh, you we built our own little function there. It's called Turtle Chat. If you click at the link at the top of the stream, you click on that, you can donate whatever amount of money you want. I will get an email notification when you do, and you can write a little note to me, and I will read it out loud to the class. Oh, you can do it that way. Oh, we already got one from Samantha says, mention this in the live, but there's so many comments. So my phone is linked to my family account. It literally shows me in four locations at the same time. That's interesting. Yeah, that's very interesting. Okay, cool. All right. So if, uh, yeah, if you guys want to do that, I'm also a cash app dollar sign uncle turtle boy. I really appreciate it. So let me start by saying, um, that, uh, I was overwhelmed today. Today was not about me. It was about Karen Reed and John O'Keefe, but I was overwhelmed by the love that I received from people there today. It was great to see. It was very cool. Um, Just, uh, I met a lot of you fine people tonight, a lot of people. I took pictures with a lot of people. Um, Just when I'm standing on the steps of the freaking Norfolk Superior Courthouse in Dedham, and people just driving by yelling, Turtle Boy, Turtle Boy, it makes me realize that, like, this is real-world shit. People in the real world read Turtle Boy. They like it. I went to a restaurant in Boston afterwards, met up with some fine people there. And uh, even the bartender, like, knew who I was right away. Maybe it's the tie. Maybe it was the Turtle Boy tie I gave it away. I don't know. But apparently I was on TV the whole time. <laughs> so I'll give you a quick recap of how the day went, right? Um, I Yeah, smash that like button, will you? Give us some likes on that one. So I, um, and I do want to say this, right? Like, this case has been going on for quite some time. So this is not like the, the detractors will say, Turtle Boy, you didn't break the story. You didn't break. The, okay, fine. I didn't technically break the story. Like, uh, I guess a lot of the stuff has been out there in the press, I guess, 
a little bit. Uh, but the the bare minimum really has been out there. For instance, so this case happened last February second, I believe. Karen Reed was uh, kill, arrested for uh, killing uh, John O'Keefe. The charges were upgraded to murder four months ago. I honestly forgot about the case. I remember it. I remember what happened, but I, like many others, might have seen that and just forgot about it. More shit comes in the news. The news cycle moves quickly, and you don't really pay attention to the motions that are being made in court. Um, well, a lot happened, obviously, since then. And I had no idea that in uh, September and October, her new uh, she brought in new counsel, Alan Jackson, Pro Hoc Vice from California. Uh, for those unfamiliar, Alan Jackson previously represented and got off, maybe that's the wrong word, got off uh, Kevin Spacey. A lot of people have got Kevin Spacey off, but he got Kevin Spacey <laughs> exonerated and I believe there was some cell phone shit in there. And so that's how she kind of found him. Uh, because she could have gone, like, she realized, like, she had very good representation with David Yannetti, but you needed more, right? You needed more star power and firepower. Uh, and, and you saw in court today what good, what money can buy. Good. I mean, everyone should have that level of representation, but because they deserve it, especially when they're innocent. But she needed it because she has this whole system going up against her. And I think Karen Reed and I do have a couple things in common in, in regarding our my background, right? Like, as you guys know, I used to be a high school teacher. I thought I was going to be a high school teacher my whole life. I liked teaching. It was a comfortable job. Uh, I did it for 11 years. I think I was good at it. And she was a financial whatever for 11 years for Fidelity. And she was a professor. And that was her life. And she had a nice life, right? A comfortable life. And then shit happens. With me, obviously, it was a crazy story. Go read my book. I am Turtle Boy. It's available on Amazon. But in a nutshell, I was defamed by uh, a, a blogger in Buffalo by the name of James Krager, who published an article doxing me when I was previously anonymous while I was teaching and said that I uh, did horrible things in a buff at a Buffalo Bills game against the Patriots, just made shit up. Uh, and so that went, and my students all read the blog and it was a huge distraction and it was just horrible. It was a horrible, horrible time period for me. And I remember that time being so depressed and so low because I never thought about being anything except for a teacher. I did this as a hobby for like a year before that anonymously. And I like doing it, but never in my wildest dreams did I ever think Turtle Boy would be my job and my life and what I do. And I certainly didn't think I would be, you know, holding court on this on the steps of Norfolk Superior Court in Dedham with people driving by me going, hey, Turtle Boy, never thought that day would come. But shit changes and shit happens. And Karen Reed's life is going to go in a very different direction after she's exonerated. Not when, not if. After when she's exonerated, because she will be exonerated because she's not guilty, uh, not even beyond a reasonable doubt. Like, she's not guilty, period, uh, 100% innocent. But my, my worry is this my worry is that Karen Reed will turn into OJ. And what I mean by that is that Karen, like, OJ Simpson had a trial. And he was found not guilty. And, but we all know he did it, right? Like, of course, OJ did it. So if OJ did it and 
he was found not guilty, we, we kind of looked back on that trial as a miscarriage of justice. And after he was acquitted, there was no thirst to go find the real killers, right? That he said, or the real killers, let's go out there. And I worry the same thing is going to happen with her, right? In that if she is, if this goes to trial, like going to trial is a loss, in my opinion. If this makes it to trial, if she goes to trial that and she's acquitted, she would, no way she wouldn't be. Of course, she'd be acquitted. Then they will be able to just throw their hands up in the air and say, this is a miscarriage of justice. Uh, she she walked because she had some fancy schmance, fancy schmance lawyer from Los Angeles came in here and spread a bunch of lies and got, you know, whatever. He can con the jury that I don't want that. Because when that happens, there's no thirst to go after the real killers, just like they never, whenever, they never went after the real killers with OJ because everybody knew there were no real killers. Uh, and I have a feeling that, like, if if she goes to trial and is exonerated, then what are we going to do? Like, there's going to be no thirst to go after the people. However, I do know this, okay, from having some discussions today, that uh, on the next hearing on May 25th is supposed to be even more explosive. Uh, this is not a guarantee, but this is what some legal experts close to the scene have told me, is that uh, our individuals there, uh, three people, a bunch of people are going to be subpoenaed, and they're going to have to, this is not a trial, but they're going to be in court, and they're going to have to answer some questions. Those people are, big names, Brian Albert, Jennifer McCabe, and Michael Proctor. Do you understand what those attorneys will do to those three people? Do you understand what, how silly they will, especially Michael Proctor, especially Michael Proctor, they will have a field day with him. So, and by the way, we'll, we'll watch some of the video, but I had these three stadies. I thought one of them was Proctor. They all looked the same standing next to me in court today. They all stood right next to me like hardos. And I'm like, what, are, what is this about? Like, they came in looking like skinheads, all with the state police trooper badge, tough guy look. Okay. Okay. And what are you doing? We'll, we'll get into all that. But I, I, I do like to think that, like, this was covered, like, some of these announcements about the court filings and stuff like that, the allegations that were made, this was covered, like, it was in some media outlets. I saw this for the first time, I believe, on April 12th. There was an article in NBC, NBC 10 about it, something about a Google search. And that caught my eye. I think somebody sent it to me and I read it and I'm like, it was just a short blurb about like, uh, it didn't it name the name Jennifer McCabe and Brian Albert. And it's like, uh, she searched for this on there and like search for how long to die in cold. And I'm like, that's weird. Let's look into this. And so I... Here's how we found out about this story. So a lot of you people don't like Jennifer Allman. <laughs> a lot of you people have negative things to say about Jennifer Allman. Uh, and if you guys don't know Jennifer Allman, she is a, um, a turtle rider, a very liberal one, like, which is odd because I'm very conservative, obviously. And she's extremely liberal and we don't really agree on politics, but she likes my journalism and appreciates it, which I appreciate, right? The true journalism knows no political lines, whatever. And Jennifer is, um, likes to, uh, <laughs> I don't know how to describe her. 
uh, I don't know if contrarian's the right word, but she uh, likes to get in arguments with strangers on Facebook a lot. <laughs> Loves to take the alternative point of view on there. Many of you might have gotten in arguments with Jennifer before, um, and some of you might not like her. I get it, but I like her. I've always liked her. And uh, about a year or so ago, she starts commenting on various posts about this whole uh, Karen Reed thing when it first came out. And she's like, I don't think she did. Because everyone was all like, yeah, Justin for John O'Keefe. She was a cop killer. You know, she's a cop killer. That's the way it was presented. So all these people. Um, yes. Okay. So they, okay. So I'm getting attacked. So like people are messaging me right now. They're like, that are watching me and they're like, they're going to be indicted. Like they're not worried about them not being indicted. So that whole OJ scenario I gave there, they're like, it ain't going to happen. Sources are telling me right now. So I'll take their word for it. These are very reliable sources. So anyway, back to Jennifer Robin. So I met her. Uh, so she starts commenting, shitposting basically on these, on these pages and, and saying like, I don't believe this, blah, 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 blah. And people are, you know, debating her and she loves that kind of shit. And one woman who shall go unnamed, who does not live in this area, she sees this and reaches out to Jen and says, just want to say thank you. I'm Karen Reed's friend. And uh, we appreciate that. And they've kind of kept to, in contact the whole time. And when I, about two or three weeks ago, posted on Facebook how I had an interest in this case and I was going to write about it and talk about it, you know, Altman reaches out to me. Hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't say anything too loud. I just saw it. Yeah, I just, oh, you're not watching live, are you? Yes, about the defense. Okay, I got it. I don't know. How would you get in trouble? What? I'm live, you know. Okay. Okay, bye. All right. So anyway, um, that's the source. And um, <laughs> so that individual right there, um, who I'll never, I don't reveal sources, uh, befriended Jen Altman. And Jen Altman one day is like, I can hook you up with somebody who knows, can't read. And I'm like, let's talk. And so this person and I have been talking, like this person feeds me so much information and no one will ever know who they are ever and it's been an invest like so that's what i mean by turtle boy as the sources got the sauces is that that's how you network like, that's how we built this thing where you know um people are like now they're texting me they're like this case will not end up like oj people will go down for it. i hope so i hope so that people will go down for it uh in particular i think the four that need to end up in jail are Brian Albert, Colin Albert, uh, Jennifer McCabe, and Michael Proctor, and possibly Brian Higgins, depending on what his, and possibly Matt McCabe as well. By the way, do you guys want to see a fucking hilarious video that a turtle writer made? <laughs> this is too good not to share. I got I to gotta share this video with you, dude. It's a two-minute video. Let's just watch it as a class. You guys are going to enjoy this. Here we go.
Waterfall Lounge in Canton. Oh, hey, Jennifer McCabe. How are you? I'm good. Hey, uh, my sister is having an after hours party. Do you want to come back to her place? Uh, sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll meet you back there. Hey, uh, Karen, do you want to go back to the Albert's house? They're having an after hours party. No, I'm pretty tired. I'm just going to call it a night. I'm 42 years old. I don't usually go to after hours parties. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, just drop me off then. Who made this? Bye. I love you. I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye. See you later. So this, so this got sent to me. This is wild. You guys see this. Who's that? Oh, it's Matt McCabe. Oh, hey, Matt McCabe. How are you? I'm pretty good. Just chilling here, staring out the window. <laughs> oh, cool. Staring at the window. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. What's up, O'Keefe? Oh, nothing. Uh, uh, Brian Albert, is this your house? Yeah. Oh, nice place you got here. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Why don't you uh, go downstairs and uh, grab yourself a beer? Oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> Uncle Brian. Uncle Brian. Let's call him. That's O'Keefe. Yeah, I, I know. John O'Keefe, right? Yeah, that's, that's the one that I've been fighting with. <sighs> oh, man. <laughs> Why don't we go downstairs and talk to him and see if O'Keefe has a change of uh, a different tune. Now that Uncle Brian's around, uh, <laughs> let's go downstairs. There we go. Where'd he go? Oh, who's who's back? Oh, the dog! The dog! <laughs> dog! Oh my God! Oh my God! What the hell happened here? What the hell went on? Oh my God, Colin! What did you do? Brian, oh my God, what are we gonna do? Oh my God, I don't know what to do. Hey, hey, cool it, cool your jets. Cool your jets. I know, I know what we can do. Colin, get the hell out of here. I'm gonna call Proctor. Proctor, Proctor. can handle it all. <laughs> Proctor. Oh my God, you gotta get Proctor on the line. What are we gonna do? Okay, I just thought that was good. I thought that was funny. Someone said that to me. I'm like, I have to play that. That's too good not to play. Where do they come up with this shit? Where the, it's amazing how many people know all the players in the story, know all the names. Uh, I, I was told Dateline was in the court today as well. So this is this is going to be on Dateline. It's going to be on Netflix. Like there's going to be. And I had a nice guy by the name of Richie reached out to me on Twitter. And he offered, he's like, Turtle Boy, I want to I document this all. I want to make a documentary of this. So I was mic'd up today in the courtroom. I had a microphone in my pocket the whole time. And uh, I was mic'd up outside the court. So we're, this is all going to be a documentary. All this shit, when it's all said and done, we're just getting started. On, on May 25th is when the real show is going to get started. Like, it's going to be crazy. So, you know, I got there. Um, I, I met. It was, it was packed. I got there over an hour early. And as you guys saw when we first arrived there, just cameras up and down staircases everywhere you go. Never an hour early. And so I go into the courtroom, I, I go into the courthouse and in the main hallway there, 
is a bunch of people all wearing justice for JJ stick uh, yellow stickers. It was like white trash power hour. And who do I notice? Jen McCabe with the big buggy eyes there. Impossible to miss her. And the cuck husband who looks like a fucking Ken doll. That guy. Matt McCabe. Stares out windows for fun. And they're all standing there. And first person that comes over to me and says hello. Kevin Reddington. Kevin Reddington comes over. He goes, he goes, uh, I thought I was going to have to confront him and talk about dancing. He goes, I don't really want to dance with you. He says, I don't really want to dance with you. And he goes, he shakes me and he goes, you're a funny guy. You know, you're a funny guy. Oh, thanks, Kevin. Thanks. <laughs> that was it. Okay. So I guess we're cool now. He messaged another guy. I, I got to show these messages. Some guy, you got to see these messages from Kevin Reddington. Check these out. <laughs> so this guy, somebody writes a comment saying, uh, on my Facebook page, like he, Kevin Reddington is reading everything that you guys post and he takes it personally just to let you know, and he's going to message you. So uh, this guy, I think the guy who commented what uh, the guy who commented is an attorney and you got to see what Kevin Reddington writes this dude. You got to see this shit. All right, let's check it out. No, there's no turtle boy tango. I, I thought we were gonna do a bump and grind or something, but we're not. So this is uh he writes this to this dude after court today and just says I've I've seen the bottom of a lot of scotch bottles. He takes it so personally. Enjoy nice. Enjoy being a turtle rider. I suggest you get your facts right before you make such comments. Shake my fucking head. Okay, and what else do we have here? Um, let's see. Then he goes on to say, I guess in the interest of my morbid curiosity, why don't you just tell me the facts? Nah, brother, apparently you're, uh, I spelled you wrong, an attorney, smart guy. Just don't get what would possess you to randomly post such a comment. This is what this guy does. This guy probably charges like a thousand dollars an hour. You're sitting there and I don't drink my friend. Oh, sure. You don't maybe a little weed now and again. Anyway, have a nice night. Reddington. Then <laughs> uh, he goes, come on, man. I thought you would have thicker skin than that. I used to get shit on the media and I wasn't even a lawyer yet. I like turtles. He's funny. I mean, you have to laugh at half that shit. He says, right. But just because he's funny doesn't make he's, make him wrong and he goes can i honestly say i actually like the guy since i've been following him he is a funny bastard and very talented at what he does and obviously has a passion in his endeavor we shook hands today i said i wasn't dancing today he said no bump and grind i think he's my kind of guy he likes me he likes me it looks like we all share the same sense of humor no hard feelings meet someday yeah, so they ended up, uh, so it all worked out. Okay. So, yeah, they, they had a conversation. So, anyway, <laughs> that's Kevin Reddington. <laughs> oh, man, that was funny seeing him there. That was funny seeing him there. But everyone else there was an asshole uh, to the right of me, at least. So, anyway, we go in the courthouse. He says hello to me. And I know, like, I'm walking up the stairs of the courthouse, 
and the media says, are you turtle boy? They're asking me. Yeah, I'm turtle boy. People keep coming up to me. One woman comes up to me. You blogged about me. She's like, but I like your program. Even though you blogged about me, you just have to stop saying the F word. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Okay. My mom says the same thing. I get it. And uh, so I don't even know what blog I put her in, but apparently I blogged about her. And we go, so I go inside and then we go up the stairs to the courthouse and it's fucking packed in there, right? On the, in the, in the main entryway. And I'm talking to, I'm there with, I'm meeting there with uh, a couple of her friends. Uh, I've never spoken to her parents prior today or her. So I don't have like their contact or anything like that. But her friends, uh, two friends, one, they're both from college days when she went to Bentley. One of them I know, I know his brother uh, that I, cause I went to college with his brother. And so I, I, I think I've met him before a couple of times too. We were, we know all the same people shooting the shit and stuff. Anyway, they know Karen. And so, you know, small world and I'm going to sit with them in court and Again, I go into the courtroom and I, the, the mother, first of all, the mother came over to me and we hugged. It was like a, like I felt a connection with her right away. Cause I'm like, I'm, I'm personally invested in the story. I really shouldn't be personally invested in the story, but I'm personally invested in this for Karen Reed. I'm all in on team Karen Reed because she didn't do anything. She's completely fucking innocent. And I admire her because she is uh, so composed in all of this. Whereas I would be shitting my pants, uh, and any normal person would she's just so composed and, and look at the way she carries herself when she walks into the courtroom all confident doesn't seem the least bit worried about anything that is a woman who knows that she's not going to jail and who is really knows that she has the power to disrupt the system here and i admire that deeply uh, and i think when this is all said and done uh, all this is just gonna all this money she spent on legal fees is an investment. That's what you gotta look at. It's an investment. She's gonna make triple that in uh, you know, speaking fees, whatever, movie right. Who knows what the future holds for Karen Reed? She's going to do very, very well for herself. And I do admire her for that. So um, and I think we have uh somewhat of a similar whatever, like uh like we've both been through some shit and, and life is gonna be different this time around. So I get in there and, you know, I met both the parents who I admire deeply as well, because I mean, she's lucky to come from a family like this, where mom and dad who are in their seventies, uh, don't want to be doing this. I'm sure it's not how they want to spend their retirement going to court dates, uh, but they're at every single court date and visit her frequently at her house in Mansfield and keep her company. And, uh, you know, I go in there and, and, and I'm sitting, I sit right behind them. So I'm on TV the whole time. <laughs> like I'm on TV the entire time. And I met, I was right behind uh, David United's sister. I met her. He, uh, she was in the front row sitting next to them. And then across the aisle were the uh, prosecution's people. And like I said, it was like white trash power hour. Not a single one of these people could put on a decent pair of pants. Not one of them. They all came in hoodies. And I just wanted to fucking puke when I see these people. I just wanted to puke. Because they're sitting there. With their thin blue line. What does the thin blue line mean? It's supposed to honor police officers who have fallen in line of duty, whatever, right? Uh, dead cops, essentially. Murdered cops. Well, John O'Keefe qualifies as that. Qualifies as that. And he was not murdered because he was a cop or on duty, but he was still a police officer who was murdered. So that line is supposed to, like, you're wearing that to be like, yeah, we support him. But you really don't. You really don't. You you support his killers because you are there today to oppose a motion 
that could bring justice for John O'Keefe. Handing over Brian Albert's dog and cell phone could figure out who did this. Lots of information in there and they're opposing it. So you don't get to pretend like you give a shit about John O'Keefe if you're there wearing that shit. Now, things were tense in the courtroom. You cut it with a butter knife. At one point, there was an outburst from their side. Something about minors. I don't know exactly what it said. Maybe we'll see it on the tape. But uh, one woman on the way out, like they had to do a row by row to get us out. And one woman on the way out, just like, she looks, like they all gave me dirty looks. And I couldn't wait. I was blowing kisses at them. Like, you're not going to scare me, honey. Like, I'm not. They're just giving me dirty looks. They know who I am. And on the way out, one woman's like, you're an asshole. Okay. Am I? I'm going to remember that face. So on the way out, I saw her. I saw her leaving the courtroom. And she had much less to say the second time around. Do you guys see the video yet? Let's watch the video. of. Uh, I don't know who this woman is. Maybe somebody out there does. I'd like to learn more about her. Let's watch this tape. And Jennifer McCabe, I was told from everyone who's out there, they saw her. She was hiding in the courthouse. She would not come out till I left. I could have stayed there all day, played a game of chicken and mouse. Somebody said that she would go out the back door. I said, I bet you'd like that. Uh, but uh, who knows? Who knows? So I just, whatever. Uh, I confronted this person instead. This is the best I could do. So we'll see Jennifer McGabe in the future. So that will see this. Where are they? Look at, see that woman. Who's that woman? She looks so familiar. This one. Is that Meg Kennedy? I don't know which one that is, but look at these broads here with their justice for JJ shirts. And their blue jeans. They all had this fucking like they all thought they were so tough. And this is the one. That's the woman right there. That's the one who called me an asshole. Excuse me. Did you say something to me on the way out of court, Miss? You had a lot to say. Anything, Miss? Any comment? Why you called me an asshole, Miss? Any comment? No. I believe you called me an asshole. Those are yours, right? Now, just wondering why, why are you guys protecting Jen McCabe? Why are we protecting Jen McCabe? Why didn't you Google how long to die in cold at 227 in the morning? Why didn't you Google that? Why didn't you Google that? That's a strange thing to Google. Any comment? Are you guys related to the McCabe's? Do you have any comment? on why Jennifer McCabe would Google how long to die in cold at 2.27 a.m. if she was under the impression that John O'Keefe was back home, safe and sound. Do you have any idea why she would Google that? Any comment? I noticed a lot of you guys are wearing thin blue line stuff. A Boston police officer was murdered in cold blood. His killers are out there and you're supporting them. How can you honestly pretend to support law enforcement and wear that line? and desecrated while supporting his killers. Look at these people just standing there. Nothing to say. You know what they're thinking in their head? This is the longest red light of my life. This is the longest red. I, I mean, seriously, Tommy, like, thank you so much. It's just like, because we're going to confront you about this. Like, enough of this shit. Enough of this shit. 
Enough of this shit with the justice for JJ bullshit. Fuck each and every one of you. Stop hiding behind that shit. You don't give a shit about him. And I'm going to confront every single one of you in the court from now on. Every single one of you. I dare you to do something. I dare you. Call me an asshole. I don't care. I'm a better person than you. I don't support murderers. You do. You do. Are there any comments about that? How do you sleep at night knowing that you're covering for murderers? How do you sleep at night? Seriously. You had a lot of comments. Why are you disgusted with me? What am I doing besides seeking truth? Disgusting. Disgusting. Don't pretend to care about dead cops. Do not pretend to care about dead cops while supporting their murder. So, yeah. Uh, we'll see who I meet on May 25th. I hope they keep coming. I hope they keep coming. Um, but anyway, so um, I, I do, like I said, I this was covered a little bit in the media, but let's be honest, no one was talking about it. Like, no one was talking about it. Yeah, Turtle Boy didn't break the story, whatever. Okay, but I kind of blew it up. Like, who the hell was talking about this beforehand? How many people out there knew who Karen Reed was before this? And I feel like a lot of people do now and they're involved in it. And I'm sure it felt good for her to see all these strangers out there supporting her. Like, uh, let's watch some of the post press conference afterwards that, uh, so I'm out there doing my whole thing afterwards and, uh, let's check this out. The, all right, so let's listen. So their attorneys come over and it turns into a fucking zoo. As soon as the attorneys come out, it's like, okay, here we go. Any nonsense. So Karen reads here. This is Karen coming out of the courtroom. There they so are. So we, um, we probably are going to make a couple of quick statements. I'm going to let co-counsel uh, David Gennetti go first. Sure. Uh, so uh, for, for 15 months, this has been a quest for the truth conducted by one party in this case, the defense. The prosecution, on the other hand, has hit evidence, manipulated evidence, stalled, delayed, obfuscated. Uh, it has been the defense that has sought the truth. And as I said in court today, uh, for 15 months, I have and our team has been asking for access to crucial, mandatory discovery and evidence. That's going back to February 2nd of 2022. It is now May 3rd of 2023, and the prosecution has still hid this evidence from us. This is outrageous. Make no mistake about it. We have done our own investigation in this case. We have spoken to witnesses whom the prosecution has either ignored or hidden from us. We have unearthed forensic evidence that the prosecution has either ignored or hidden from us. We have made substantial progress in this case to the point where anybody familiar with this case knows that Karen Reed is innocent. And yet, instead of finally investigating the people who had a motive to kill John O'Keefe, who beat him and left him to die in the cold, in a blizzard. The prosecution has chosen instead to dig their heels in. This will not end well for them. We will continue to unearth exculpatory evidence. They can attempt to stall us. They can attempt to hide. They can attempt to manipulate and delay, but we will not 
uh, waver in our quest to unearth what the truth is here. Now, as I'm sure you can imagine, you haven't heard from Karen Reed yet. You ultimately will. But you will. This will be, this obviously has been very, very. I'm told the woman in the white jacket. You heard, is heard it... me talking court about the, the job that she has lost, the health insurance she's lost. Bear in mind, she was never allowed to properly mourn the death of her boyfriend because from the jump, the police made her a scapegoat. From the, from the jump, she has not been able to do anything except fight for her life. But know this, Karen Reed is a strong woman. Karen Reed will not let them do this to her. Um, we believe that ultimately the evidence is going to force the, the, the prosecution to dismiss this unjust prosecution. But until then, we will continue to fight tooth and nail to finally expose the full corruption of this case. We will continue to serve. Is that true? Our, our quest for the truth. Did she really wave at me? I, people keep saying this. she waved at me when the hearing was over and you were heading out. Ah, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. It's too focused, laser focused. Will be fruitful and the truth will result in the dismissal of these charges, hopefully sooner rather than later. Um, and with that, I uh, would uh, like to introduce my friend and colleague, Alan Jackson, who has further remarks. You know, it dawns on me in there we looking go. at this case, going up a thousand feet and looking at this case, it dawns on me that if you have confidence in your evidence, if you have confidence in your case, you don't run from the facts. You don't try to hide the facts. You want the facts to come out. You want the truth to come out. What you just saw happen in this courtroom, does that sound like what the Commonwealth is doing? Does it sound no. like they're seeking the truth in this case? No. Are they obfuscating the truth? As we try to fight for, as we try to use the court process, as we try to fight for Karen to get to the ultimate truth in this case. And the ultimate truth is she's an innocent woman, falsely accused, period. Amen. Yeah. And they should know that. They have every single resource available to them to know that. But like David said, we're not going to stop. We didn't stop in there. We're not going to stop on this on this stair step. We're not going to stop when we reconnoiter tomorrow and in the weeks to come and in the months to come. This is now our fight. Karen's fight has become all of our fight for some sort of justice. My suggestion is, there we go. you folks can play a part in this. this. Don't you want to ask some questions? I know you do. I do. I, I know you do. I have yeah. them. I know you do. Let me give you some examples. That was the best part, dude. So at this point, he just started, he's like, I know you do. I know you do. See, they know. They, they watch this shit, I'm sure. Because why wouldn't he appreciate this? Who His own, her own, all a turtle boy doesn't matter. Her own attorney seems to think I matter, right? That this reporting matters. Obviously, this matters because- you know, a month ago when they're in the same courthouse for a motion, there's no cameras there. There's no media there. There's no supporters there. And that's what they wanted. They want media because the media needs to get this shit out there. The media needs to let the public know about the grave injustice that is happening in this town. And this is what you saw on display in that courtroom today. We are going to watch pieces of it. Is a difference between you know public and private sector employees. Uh, public sector employees, I used to be one. 
are comfortable in their jobs, right? They're not, they don't get paid that much. They don't get paid that little. Like her attorneys probably make 10 times the amount that, and, and live in much nicer homes than uh, David Lally lives in. And for good reason, because they're talented and he's not. And they have a unique skill that people are willing to pay for that who would ever pay David Lally to do anything? Just taxpayers. You were forced to pay him, right? He's a government worker, essentially. And who goes to law school and wants to be an ADA their whole life? Well, he does because he's got nothing. He's obviously, we saw on display today, the guy sucks. And what happens when this goes to hell? When this case just, uh, he just doesn't, you know, how long is he going to drag his feet on this one? When the, once she's either acquitted or the most the charges are dismissed or whatever, will he resign? You know, if you worked in the private sector, like if you were on the New England Patriots and you sucked this bad at your job, Bill Belichick would cut you unless your name was Matt Patricia. Uh, but other than that, he cut you. Because that's a private sector job, the New England Patriots. Whereas there's just no, he won't be held accountable. He can be as bad as he wants about this and none of it matters. Like if, if, if Alan Jackson and uh, David Unetti were this bad at their job, no one would hire them. They wouldn't have any clients. They'd have to go be ADAs. So what happens if she, she's not going to lose? She's not going to lose. She's a 0.0% chance of losing, man. It's just like, like they said in court today. It's just a matter of how much this is going to cost her in time and money, right? How long this is going to have to go on. These guys have to fly across the country and, and come here and stay in hotels while they're doing this every time. And like, so what are, you know, what are we doing here? Like, uh, how are they? Like, this is, this is obvious. Who pays for that? She does. And so the longer this drags out, she loses. It's like with me in court. Every time I get sued by some asshole, I win. Obviously, I win. But the question is, like, how much is it going to cost me? Like, beating Tony Branch cost me $15,000. And what did I get out of that? I got a win? Sure. But I'm right back to where I started, right? Like, I won. Cool. But it's not like I got damages from him or anything. I won. All right. But it cost me fifteen grand. I don't get that back. So... Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's play some more. Here's some questions that might want to, you, you might want to think about. This guy asking. is so good. Why did Jennifer McCabe Google search how long to die in cold at 2.27 in the morning, three and a half hours before she would have any reason to believe that John O'Keefe was dying in the cold in front of Brian Albert's house? How about that for a question? Why don't you ask the question, why did she scrub her phone? Why did she take the time to scrub her phone before she turned it into the police? Why did she delete any and all reference to her communications with Brian Albert on the 29th, on the 28th? Why did she go to the efforts to do that kind of thing? Here's She's covering it all up. Uh, that's why Jennifer McCabe's doing all that. And the fact that Jennifer McCabe still shows up in court is just wild. Like, no, these people have no shame at all. Like, trashy, trashy people. So, um, let's watch some of the hearing. We got so the whole hearing was uh, streamed on WCVB and various other media entities. And where I, uh, where I was sitting, I ended up on TV the whole time, apparently. So, let's watch some of it. 
All right. Was manifested into the observable swelling and discoloration. People are saying I heard date, Dateline was there. They, I, I'm told the woman in the white jacket. There's some woman in a white jacket. She is the executive producer for Dateline. This is going to be on Dateline. This is a 100% guarantee. This is going to be on Dateline. So let me uh, start from the top here, from the beginning of this year. And there's Kevin Reddington the whole time. Uh, surly looking fella asking me to dance. Ago, my client was employed in two prestigious positions. Okay, so they arrived 15 months ago. She had a robust health insurance plan that covered her numerous. So the court was so packed uh, that not everyone could get in, and they're making people stand. Like all these people had to stand awkwardly in a row. Uh, that is John O'Keefe's brother, Paul, who I don't know what he's thinking. He was not with the supporters, uh, but he was there. I don't know how, how he, what he believes about this. Uh, but quite frankly, like, um, you know, if they can't see the truth by now, it's not about Karen Reed. It's about their brother. And if it's about their, their son, like where, if my, if a family member of mine was murdered and then I found out all the, like, and it, it was blamed on somebody, right? Person X. And then I found out, person Y did all this shady shit. I would no longer associate with person Y, but they are associating with them. So like, oh, people, why are you attacking the family? I'm not attacking the family, but like, what the fuck? You know, at, at what point do you say, what the fuck? What's wrong with you? Like, this is, your brother was killed and you're sitting next to the people who covered up his murder. What? Open your fucking eyes. I feel bad for you, but that feeling has an expiration date on it. Like I'm not going to feel bad for you indefinitely. Like at some point you need to wake the fuck up and see what's happening here. Okay. So like, I don't know how I feel about that. Weird. He's the ball guy. Yeah. And, and this guy. So one, there was three bald guys in a row next to me, all state troopers. Like who the fuck do these guys think they are? I'm auditing serious medical conditions. But 15 months ago, she lost. They, uh, the police seized pieces of taillight from my client's vehicle. Pieces that they claimed two months ago that we last appeared before you, Your Honor. We requested access to these items uh, and yet again have the uh, response from the Commonwealth was that they would be tested soon. Uh, the prosecutor had represented within 30 to 60 days. That's on record. It's now close to 90 days. We've made zero progress. This court did order that the Commonwealth request expedited testing, but that order has yielded nothing. So basically they've been asking for evidence for quite some time and they're just not getting it. Like the court has ordered them, the prosecution to hand over certain evidence, some videotapes, uh, DNA stuff. And they're just, yeah, we'll get it to you. And then they just don't get it. Like talk about unprofessional. And so they're asking for a hard date. Like, okay, you said you were going to get it to us. Now we need you to tell them, get them to them by X date because they're not doing anything. The feds are involved. And this was said in open court today by Alan Jackson that the feds are involved. I can tell you, I know as a fact, Colin Albert, Brian Albert, and uh, Jennifer McCabe, and maybe more people have gotten subpoenas. They're all getting called in front of the grand jury. Now, how a grand jury works is only one side is there. So the defense will not be there. Only the prosecution will be there. But this is the feds now. 
so this is a different prosecution. This is the federal United States Attorney's Office of Rachel Rollins, who will now be investigating this. We all know she feels about cops, don't we? So, you know, this is one of the rare times where Team Rachel Rollins, actually, it's like two in a row where Monica Cannon Grant, is this not? Jeez, let's not make this as a habit, Road Rage Rollins, okay? I still don't like you, but let's get this one right together, shall we? So, yeah, basically, uh, th that's what they're talking about here. Like, they're not giving them all the records. I asked the court to set deadlines then, which the court was not inclined to do. Three months later, it is crystal clear that deadlines need to be set. Without a deadline, we have no assurances that this case will not drag on who knows how long into the future. With each passing day, my client, who not only is presumed to be innocent, but is factually innocent, remains jobless, with inadequate health insurance, and with each passing day, her savings and her family's savings continue to be depleted. There is no time to wait. There is no time to waste. One Meadows is about a mile from the Canton Library. We know the video equipment was working because they have So this, this is crazy. The library tape. Listen to this. about the. They want the library tapes. The library tapes would show Karen Reed driving back to John O'Keefe's house with a taillight that was no longer functioning if she hit him. But of course we know she didn't, so that would exonerate her. Like that would literally be smoking gun case dismissed if there was no broken taillight in that video. But listen to this. That footage from 12, 16 a.m. But in the video that the prosecution turned over to us, there is a gap in that video from 12.37 a.m. to 12.39 a.m., which would have been the precise time my client would have been driving back past the library. Imagine we that, know missing. that that footage would show that my client's taillight was still intact at that point because she never struck John O'Keefe with her vehicle. Yet the prosecution has produced a video from the library with that crucial time period missing. This evidence is strictly in their possession. We've been told that the Canton police provided the evidence to them via a share file. I'm sorry, the Canton library provided this evidence to them via a share file link with a guest ID and a guest password. We need that link, that user ID, and that password. We cannot rely on Trooper Michael Proctor, conflicted Michael Proctor, to sanitize exculpatory evidence before sending it to us. We need the original footage. If the Commonwealth answers that that original footage no longer exists, then we'll need an evidentiary hearing to put the relevant parties under oath to find out what happened to it. The bottom line here, Your Honor, is that we've spent 15 months trying to uncover the truth. We are not afraid of whatever evidence is unearthed from whatever source, because for 15 months, every stitch of evidence has been consistent with my client's innocence. However long this case lasts, and I sure hope the prosecution comes to their senses and realizes they have no case because they've charged the wrong person. But however long this case lasts, the remaining evidence will drive a stake through the heart of this prosecution. In the meantime, my client suffers. In the meantime, her life is on hold while she spends every waking moment defending herself. And that motion was filed. Okay, so, right in that so uh, motion was filed uh, when... Uh, as related to uh, inspection of said materials, and the Commonwealth has no issues with inspection of materials once they're back from the lab. Now, the last time we were before this court back in February, uh, the court had asked uh, 
myself to uh, reach out to the lab and see if there was anything that could be done to expedite the analysis. I did that, um, spoke uh, with and filed the, uh, the necessary paperwork with the lab to expedite as much of the analysis that could be done at that exactly. time. Um, so at that time, uh, what I was uh, provided with was a deadline. of Like whenever this guy spoke, I'm just like, all he's doing is rambling on about nothing. And all his filings are the same way, just rambling on about nothing. Nobody knows what the hell you're talking about. He's making it up as he goes along. Everything here is just made up. Okay. Uh, no later than May 5th, uh, those items, at least as far as the trace analysis and the criminalistics was concerned, would be completed, and I should expect something uh, close to that date. Um, I confirmed with the lab uh, as of yesterday that that timeline is still uh, a viable one. Uh, the case is currently in technical review. I was. So I couldn't. I couldn't. It was like playing coach. reports uh, that I'm able to provide to, uh, to counsel. As it pertains to the inspection and, and the return of the items from the lab to uh, the Commonwealth's, uh, well, the, at least the district attorney's office and state police's custody, one of the issues uh, that we've uh, had with that is that uh, in order to facilitate some of the necessary DNA testing, some of that testing would be exhaustive. And in particular, there is a hair sample that uh, was recovered from the rear right quarter panel of the defendant's vehicle. Okay. Um, it was taken to the lab, and I was informed by the lab that any testing of that for DNA, uh, for comparative purposes to Mr. O'Keefe, uh, would be exhaustive. Uh, so on March what? 10th, I sent counsel a uh, exhaustive testing form uh, that needed to be filled out, whether or not they want an expert present for that testing or don't want an expert for present uh, present for testing is really immaterial, but I need some sort of authorization from counsel before the uh, the sample is subsumed during the course of testing. With, uh, with the so they found a fucking hair, a fucking hair on the bumper, they said. A goddamn hair. First of all, how would John O'Keefe's hair even get on there? How would his hair even get on the bumper? He's wearing clothing. And the hair just stayed on for like a week? What? This is insane. This is like what they're sticking to. We found a human hair. Well, that narrows it down to about 7 billion people. It's human. <laughs> like, what? This is insane. Insane. Kevin's looking at the Applebee's man. <laughs> ah! Uh, okay, back to lunchbox here. Lab. I haven't heard anything back from counsel. I spoke to counsel numerous times. I sent emails. I heard no responses as far as that. So as yeah, far as the DNA fault. testing is concerned, the delay on that is because I, I don't have anything back from counsel as far as whether or not they want an expert present, who that expert is, how to contact them, and how to facilitate uh, the beginning uh, steps of, of, of that particular testing. Uh, so that is why, the, in, at least in no small part, why some of the items are still uh, contained at the lab is because the testing is still yet to be completed. But I do hope to have the trace and the criminalistics, and I expect that uh, by next week at the latest. Uh, and again, you know, whatever deadlines uh, that the court seems fit to uh, or deems fit to put on certain things uh, as far as that's concerned uh, is certainly within the court's prerogative. I don't think that we need deadlines. I don't think that we need an evidentiary hearing as it relates yeah, to we don't it. Need, we don't need but deadlines. that's where it stands. Um, yeah. As far as the video is concerned, 
blah, blah, blah. The okay, let's the see about the video. Was uh, provided by the IT director for the town of Canton. Okay. Uh, there was a uh, share file that was shared with the troopers. Why is there uh, two the troopers minutes? upon uh, receiving that? It was uh, Trooper Don who uh, received that video, oh. not Trooper Proctor. Oh, okay. If I could just speak briefly as, as it pertains to Trooper Proctor, there is no conflict. Trooper Proctor is not conflicted in this case. I, I indicated that uh, oh my specifically God. In, in some of the oppositions that were filed to Rule 17. So there's been. Some photograph uh, taken from a social media site, which is purported to be Trooper Proctor with one of the McCabe's children who are a witness in the case. The children, that, the child that's depicted in that particular photograph is not one of the McCabe's children. Oh, really? McCabe's have four daughters. That's not one of them. It's a relative. Perjury, Your Honor. Oh, really? Really, Attorney Lally? Well, let's, let's look at that. It's, it's a relative. So it's not the McCabe's children, huh? It's not the McCabe's children, he says, huh? Well, that's interesting. Oh, so this, these, so he's like, that's not the McCabe's children. Oh, who's that? Who are those two girls? Who are those two girls? Who's that? Who's that? Oh, 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 those are her kids. Those are her kids. And he's like, those are not her kids. Michael Proctor doesn't know them. Those are just strange feral children, free range children. They just walk around to random parties with towels on and photobomb people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what happens. Right. I mean, this is, this guy's saying this in court. Like this isn't easily provable. Fuck is wrong with this idiot. Proctor. It has nothing to do with the McCabe's and nothing to do with this case. Whatever conflict counsel believes uh, Trooper Proctor has just doesn't exist. Now, as far as the video was provided to Trooper Matthew Dunn uh, of the CPAC unit with the district attorney's office, that was then shared with Ms. Crawford. Uh, it was a, a person in our office who uh, specifically uh, who deals with uh, forensic and uh, surveillance video and type uh, evidence. It was then archived what? on our system. Uh, Recently, uh, we reached out and spoke to the IT director with the town of Canton again. That share link I tried uh, to send uh, to council. Uh, email essentially wouldn't go through. We tried to open it. Uh, what? Essentially, it won't open. That's... Uh, so the link expired within 30 days of, within 60 days, if not 30 days of it being shared with our office. But the exact information that was provided by the town of Canton was archived uh, by Ms. Crawford, was then provided to council uh, at what? her arraignment in Superior Court. Uh, as Crawford? well as I uh, was Who's able Ms. to download Crawford? it onto a Citrix file, which I then shared with counsel uh, earlier this week. Uh, so what we have is a video, what exists is a video. What we were given as a video for those relevant time frames was placed onto the onto the uh, archive within our system, was then placed onto a disk, and what's on the disk, what's been provided to counsel, is what we received. What? Like, he's like, what did he just say? He just spoke for 10 minutes and he's just like, yeah, so about that video, we sent it, like, but it didn't go through. And so now it's just gone forever. And we don't know that whole two minutes there that's just missing. Yeah, it's just gone that they think that their client, coincidentally, it's the two minutes it can't redrove by, but it's just gone. You're on. I mean, what, I don't understand this judge. I, my take on the judge today was that she does not like Alan Jackson. 
I think there was a little towniness here. She deals with Adam Lally probably on a daily basis. He probably argues in front of her a lot. She probably likes him. And she probably looks at um, Mr. Jackson and is like, you know, uh, this hotshot California attorney. He thinks he's going to, you know, soiree into my courtroom with this fancy cock in California self and come into my courtroom. And now we're going to, we're not going to let that fly around here. Facts be damned. I think there was a little bit of that. I think she feels sorry for this guy. It's like when you pick your little kid brother. You don't want to make him go last every time. You're like, okay, well, I guess I'll take uh, you. You can go too. You can, you can have a shot. You can, you know, you can have a turn at bat too, David Lally. That's what this was today. People are saying that it's um, the guy on the immediate left is Higgins' new lawyer, and that the pink tie guy is Collins' lawyer. Apparently, Collins out. Do we see pink tie? Pink tie. When you see, oh, that guy. That's Colin's lawyer, huh? All these people are attorneys. <laughs> Apparently, attorneys can just go and watch. Your next motion? That would be Mr. Jackson. Okay. So Jackson's more of a showman than Yanetti is. That's what I took from there. Yeah, no, my objection was there. I saw her. Oh, my God, it's the TikTok lady. I don't know her real name. Good afternoon, Your Honor. Uh, may it please the court. Uh, we are, as indicated in our papers, we are seeking summonses, and this is dealing with the animal control issue. That, that Rule 17 motion, we're seeking summonses directed at two entities, the Canton Animal Control and the Canton Town Clerk, both. They, we believe they both have records. We know they both have records. Your Honor, in furtherance of this motion, I want to talk for a quick second about a couple of undisputed facts. Where he was found dead, and what the circumstances were surrounding that day. Okay, here's here's the here's the ha ha. He had gotcha. this set of wounds on his right arm. The medical examiner indicated that these wounds were concomitant with his yeah. death in terms of the, the temporal, uh, the, the time. Like, just look at those wounds, right? Look at these wounds. See how the lines. See how they're parallel. That means that, like, the, the medical examiner said blunt force trauma. But my theory with the medical examiner, I don't think she's in on it. That's absurd. So people are like, was she in on it? No. But she did this examination on January 31st, two days after he was dead, well after it was publicized that she hit him with her car. So she's working backwards. Confirmation bias, right? She already has been told that this man died from being hit by a car. That is your final answer. So you need to work backwards and figure out how we got to here. So you need to explain how this guy was from a car, being hit by a car. It's not like she looked at the body and was like, let's guess how he died. They're like, no, he died this way. Figure out a way to make this fit. That's what this was. But because, I, I mean, look at this. She called it abrasions. Abrasions. Abrasions What was what happens when my five-year-old son files, falls off his bicycle and scrapes his knee. That's an abrasion and it bleeds. That's an abrasion. The skin peels off and there's a little blood patch. You put a little bandit on it. You're good to go. This is not an abrasion. This is a laceration. This is deep. Okay. That is something sinking into your body and pulling downwards. 
a series of scratches, and it's only on his right arm. That's his dominant arm. Like, you know, if you were to go like this, that's what it would bite. It always bites your arm. Ask, ask Jen Duzo. She's been chewed up four or five times. Ask her. She's not dying anyone. Uh, these were wounds that he suffered at or near the time that he died. And the Commonwealth looks at these wounds and says, ah, there's nothing to see here. Why are we looking at this? This is, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're following a red herring, basically. This is just a road rash. Uh, this means nothing. It, it, it has no impact on our case one way or the other. This is, according to the Commonwealth, simply a, a set of injuries that John O'Keefe suffered at the hands of being struck by a moving vehicle. Well, first, absurd. I would ask the common sense question, does this look like a road rash? Nope. I mean, the court's got years, decades of experience, life experience and legal experience. Of course, this doesn't look like a road rash. It's not a road rash that any of us have ever seen. Or does it look more like claw marks and bite marks from an animal? Which is exactly what they are. Second, if it was a road rash, where's the rest of the road rash? He's had one set of injuries like this. Deep scratches, deep puncture wounds on his arm, on his right arm only, from mid-biceps to mid-forearm and no other place. For instance, mid-biceps and mid-forearm that you might put in front of your face or your body if a large animal was attacking you, resulting in these wounds. Why is, are the wounds confined just to his right arm? What about all the other pointy bits of a human body if someone is rolled under a car or rolled because in gravel because of the car? What about the shoulders? What about the knees? What about the ankles? What about the elbows? None of that exists. These are the only wounds that are confined to his right arm and they're deep scratch wounds, puncture wounds that are indicative of claw marks and bite marks from a large... But he had no scrapes on his knees. He had no... Uh, black and blues on his midsection or torso, anything. That, just that. Just that. Animal. And, and I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I, I think he was... Um, have you guys ever seen the casino scene where Joe Pesci dies and his brother gets killed? Dude, I think that's what... I think it, I think they beat him with the bat. The more I think about this, the more I look at those... Wound, that wound in the back of um, O'Keefe's head, dude, it was linear. Like, it was, it was a line. You're not going to get that from getting punched repeatedly in the back of the head, right? That is, that's a bat. They hit him with a fucking bat. I, I'm pretty certain of it. And I think, which leads me to believe that the whole thing was a setup and that Jennifer McCabe was in on it and that she was just like the one that got him there, that they lured this guy to this house, that they were trying to teach him a lesson, that he was fucking with Colin Albert too much. You know, like they, you don't mess with Alberts in, in Canton. And they were going to teach John, like, who is this young guy a lesson? And Brian Alberts like, fuck this guy. Brian Albert had rank on him in the Boston Police Department. Brian Albert had more political pull than him. Brian P Albert knew Marty Walsh. Like Brian Albert had pull in the police department that John O'Keefe did not have. He was higher up on the totem pole. Uh, John O'Keefe was a former Duxbury cop. He came in long after Brian Albert did. Uh, he, he was not high in rank, right? Maybe that's why people aren't show cops aren't showing up for him. Who knows? But uh, yeah, let's watch more. Commonwealth zone expert. 
She has to have opined about this, correct? She has to have said during the grand jury, I mean, this was a full-throated investigation surrounding the potential murder of a police officer. What does the, the Commonwealth's own experts say? First of all, she was never asked by the Commonwealth during the course of the grand jury about the injuries. It took a grand juror actually asking the question of the witness, and she said, no, I cannot say that as a road rash. There's certainly not enough evidence to suggest that these wounds are consistent with a road rash. Well, she had to have at least talked about the fact that it was an animal, right? She had to. The Commonwealth had to have asked that question. She actually said nothing about whether or not that's consistent with an animal because the Commonwealth very particularly did not ever pose that question. See what I'm saying? In a grand jury, when they when the grand jury spoke with this uh, examiner, the, the, the defense is not. Only the prosecution was in there. The, the defense doesn't even get to go to it. So they didn't get to cross-examine. And if they sought truth, they would ask about that, but they didn't. They didn't. Now, we don't – they've seen the grand jury documents. We have not because they're sealed. But we he wouldn't lie about that in open court. But we did. We hired one of the preeminent medical examiners in the country, a, a doctor by the name of Sheridan, Frank Sheridan. And he wasn't some deputy medical examiner. Dr. Frank Sheridan was the medical examiner for San Bernardino County in California with more than 12,000 autopsies under his belt the supervising medical examiner for one of the largest counties in California, and he concluded to a scientific... So, what do we know about animals and the albums? Which is exactly where... So there's Albert with the dog. Officer John O'Keefe was found dead. In February of 2017, we know that the Alberts had a dog. There's a photograph of Brian Albert with a dog, Chloe, in the foreground. By 2019, the Albert family had registered ownership of that German Shepherd. Moving on to 2022, in January of 2022, specifically January 29th, John O'Keefe suffers these animal puncture wounds, these animal scratches, the animal, these animal bite marks that are heretofore and up to this date, today, completely unexplained by the Commonwealth. By May of 2022, Karen Reed's defense team starts asking questions about this animal, about these injuries, about the dog, about what dog existed uh, at the Bryan's, at the Albert's house, uh, remarkably and mysteriously rehomed. Yeah, the dog got rehomed. We know that. Okay. The dog was gotten rid of. And to date, the Commonwealth has yet, as my colleague just mentioned, has yet to re release the tissue samples to us for DNA testing to determine if there's evidence in these wounds of a canine attack, which we believe there will be. Home on the night John O'Keefe, early morning hours, John O'Keefe was killed on January 29th, 2022. And the dog, according to his own testimony, was inside the house and never in the front yard, which is where John O'Keefe's body was ultimately found. And the third thing that he admitted was that the dog was, quote, not great with strangers. So it bites people. Ask about these injuries. Why wouldn't the Commonwealth inquire, as we have been inquiring, about the nature of these injuries and their significance in terms of John O'Keefe's death? They don't That's see because 
if that dog was inside the house that night, not on the front lawn, not in the front yard, but inside the house. And these injuries were suffered or sustained at the time John O'Keefe was killed, then that means John O'Keefe was inside the house when he right. was killed. And it also means that his body was moved. That's consistent with the facts that we also know in the front yard. And that's because he wasn't there yet. Multiple of that house and later moved to the front yard after the guests left. There's your answer as to why no one saw him. And it also answers two other questions. So, so I, I kind of disagree with him here a little bit. He's saying that like, like how come no one saw the body? I think, I think they all saw it. I think they all saw it when they left. I think at two o'clock in the morning when Jennifer McCabe and Matt McCabe gave a ride home to Sarah Levinson and Julie Nagel, I think they all saw the body. I think they all saw it there and were just like, just pretend we didn't see that. It's like, I don't, I don't believe they didn't see it. I don't believe that. Julie Nagel said she saw, suddenly saw a large object on, on the, and Julie Nagel, it turns out, is dating Brian Albert Jr. I did not know that either. And Ryan Nagel is the person that pulled into the street right after Karen Reed did. And he claims that he went by her car after his sister came out and said, I'm going to stay the night or whatever. And Karen Reed at that point, Karen Reed was sitting there for a few minutes after. So Karen Reed gets there and she wants like John's like basically like I, I don't really know. It's just they didn't know if they were at the right house. They got lost. And John O'Keefe is not is only wearing a t-shirt. He didn't even have a jacket on. And he ran into the house because it's because he's got a t-shirt on. So, a lot of people have asked, why didn't Ryan Nagel see him going into the house? Because he ran in. Because Karen Reed got there. John O'Keefe jumps out of the car. Runs in, they let him in. Matt McCabe's standing there watching the door, like he always does, like a creep. And they just let him in. And Karen Reed is sitting there, and she's texting him back and forth, saying, let me know if it's okay in there. Like, let me know, like, you cool? Do you know people in there? And I think uh, after that point, what's his name? Nagel drives right by. And according to him, he only sees her in the car. But according to the prosecution, the Commonwealth, well, that doesn't mean he wasn't in the car. So where was he? Was he playing hide and go seek? Like, what was he doing? What, what was he doing? Like, was he a migrant being smuggled across the border? W what was going on there? Hard to hide a man like that. I don't know what you're saying. And I don't think they have any actual theories either. Which are looming in this case. Why would Brian Albert rip out the floor of his basement months after John O'Keefe was killed? The second question, why would he sell his house? So in the months following John O'Keefe's death, the dog has been gotten rid of, got rid of the evidence in the basement, got rid of the house, the crime scene itself. Your Honor, I would submit to the court that evidence is literally being destroyed right under our nose. Right. 
It's been reported that the federal authorities have now go. gotten involved in the circumstances surrounding this case and are, have impaneled a grand jury, a federal grand jury, to investigate some of these circumstances. But Karen Reed should not have to wait for the feds to figure out which heads should roll. I would implore the court, now is the time for the court to take some action and give us the tools, the defense, the tools that we need to fully investigate this case. We need these records to track down this German shepherd, if it's still alive, which clearly is an open question. Our understanding is, at least up to this point, is that the dog was not only rehomed, but rehomed out of state, out of the jurisdiction of this court and out of the reach of the defense, or at least that was the attempt. We need those records to find where that dog is. If the dog still exists, we need a saliva sample. We need a hair sample. We need something. And then we need the Commonwealth to give us the tissue samples that were taken at the time so that they can be compared. This is vital to the defense. We ask that this, the summonses at issue uh, for the two entities that we've described, uh, those summonses issue, are the request clearly meets the Lampron standards. Number one, it's relevant evidence. Number two, we definitely need a subpoena or a summons. Uh, they will not provide the information without a court order. Number three, this information is necessary for our defense. And number four, contrary to what the Commonwealth constantly says, oh, well, this is just fishing. I think we've established this is not just fishing. we got a fish on the hook. We just need the, the, the court to help us reel it in. Uh, I like that line. I like that line from them because they kept calling it a fishing expedition. It's like, no, motherfucker, we caught the fish. We got the fish. We're just pulling it in. I like that one. That was a good line. <laughs> but it's it, it's a good analogy. I like it. I will submit on further oral argument regarding the uh, the issues or, uh, or the, uh, the summonses surrounding the animal control and camp town clerk. If the court has any further questions about those, I'm happy to, to answer them. If not... So it's something called Pro Hoc Vice. Mark Rendaza has done this with me when he represented me in Rhode Island. You get another attorney from that state to vouch for you, which David Yanetti did, and then you can effectively practice. Uh, I can state. certainly give the court a preview of the second 17, uh, in Rule 17 motion, which deals with the phone records and the actual phone of Brian Albert. But, but I believe the court has indicated and we've suggested that an evidentiary hearing is in order. As I understand it, the parties have agreed for an evidentiary hearing and we rearranged our schedule a bit so that we could accommodate you. That's perfect. Okay. The only thing I would say in furtherance of that uh, very briefly is the Commonwealth has suggested that, that that Rule 17 is just sort of a regurgitation of something that we filed back in, I think it was September, that could not be further from the truth. There is new information, there's dozens of pieces of new information that we have. What I'm, I'm going to do because of that, let's let Mr. Lally respond to your. Yeah, let's get let's give Mr. Lally a shot. <laughs> let's give Mr. Lally a turn. Thank you. Your Honor, first, I would state it's it's an inter interesting sort of uh, straw man argument. Here we go, uh, lunchbox. As far as it being road rash or that the Commonwealth has always maintained Listen that to this. road rash on his arm, no one has ever said that. But counsel for the defendant. First of all, they have said the term road rash before. Secondly, they're talking about abrasions. Road rash is a type of abrasion lunchbox, so get it uh, right. As far as the injuries uh, are concerned to uh, Mr. O'Keefe's uh, right arm and right forearm, 
they've always and consistently been described as, as abrasions uh, caused by blunt force trauma. Uh, what? Not road rash. I'm not really sure where the road rash uh, comes from. So, uh, oh, blunt force trauma caused blunt force trauma. Blunt, st- stop it. Stop it. He doesn't believe that. And that's what makes this guy a piece of shit. Is like you're you you are the only thing that matters to this guy is winning. You can't win, first of all, you're losing badly, and you you he's willing to send an innocent woman to prison if he can get the win. That's what matters to him. I mean, this guy's evil, he's a fucking piece of shit. What I would submit in conjunction with that is uh, again divorcing whatever evidence uh, the defendant claims from the context of the rest of the evidence and the rest of the case. Um, it's a little peculiar and conspicuously uh, clear from, from the defendant's facts section uh, that the damages to the right rear corner uh, panel of the defendant's vehicle embedded within the bumper to that vehicle is pieces of a cocktail glass. The victim, Mr. O'Keefe, is last what? observed on surveillance video, external surveillance <laughs> video from the waterfall establishment. He left I knew just it. prior to going to 34 Fairview, Fairview, excuse me, with a cocktail glass in his right hand. Same arm that's injured, the same type of glass that is then recovered from the bumper of the defendant's car. As the court is well aware, and I just uh, stated for the records. So you heard, like, I knew this was going to happen. This is the first time this is mentioned. That cocktail glass. I swear to God, that cocktail glass that they, that was right around his body, like they are making, I knew they were going to say that. They were going to blame the cocktail glass for the scratches. So how does that work? So how does that work exactly? My theory is this. I think the original plan was to blame Karen Reed for killing him with the cocktail glass. I swear to God, as, as crazy as that sounds. And I think because Matt McCabe, both McCabe said to the police, that she did not do a three-point turn, that they saw her drive away. But I think when Proctor found her car and that the taillight was smashed, it was Eureka. Not smashed, it was broken. And I think it was like a, a Eureka moment. Like, oh, we'll just say she backed into him now. Fuck it. We'll just, we were going to go with the cocktail thing, but now we can go with this thing. Didn't we luck out? How about that? We'll just blame Karen Reed for this. Yikes. Uh, but but then later on, he's going to be like, I never said it was the cocktail glass. Listen to this. He just he just inferred that. Uh, under Rule 17, uh, the defendant has the burden uh, or the moving party has the burden to establish that the documents are evidence and relevant. Secondly, that they are not otherwise procurable reasonably in advance of trial. Uh, thirdly, that the party cannot properly prepare for trial without uh, such production and inspection. And fourthly, that the application is made in good faith and is not intended as a general fishing expedition. Yeah, it says there's no uh, defense. The issue that the Commonwealth takes uh, with the defendant's request as it applies to uh, these particular records is with number one and number four. Uh, the Commonwealth would submit that uh, the showing uh, from the defendant is simply insufficient uh, to establish any relevancy or evidentiary value uh, to these records. Listen to this guy and talk. Secondly, Listen uh, to this guy talk. Is, uh, the very epitome of fishing expedition. Oh, sure thing. The indication, uh, even from the, the verbiage uh, that's used by counsel in the motion, uh, uh, sheds light as far as uh, the, as I just stated, uh, the sort of epitome of a fishing expedition. It's language such as it could shed light, or if true, this fact would undermine the prosecution's entire theory of the case. Uh, there 
have been a couple of theories that are Listen stated to this guy talk. the context of council's motion. I can state for the record, those are not the commonwealth theories. No one ever said uh, that the vehicle struck Mr. O'Keefe in the head and that's what caused the injuries. That's actually not at all what uh, the grand jury testimony or the evidence uh, has shown. So then what caused the injuries? How else do you explain how his fucking eye sockets came out, basically? The only thing that, like, if you hit somebody in the back of the head with a weight, like there's weights in the basement, I think he was lured into the basement and there was just a group of people down there and they're like, so you were talking shit about Colin, huh? I think that's what happened. They got him down there. You know, you got a problem with my, you got a problem with my, my nephew? With, and I bet you Colin was right there. That's my theory. You got a fucking problem with him? You got a problem with him? You got a problem with me? Who the fuck are you? I guarantee you some like mafia shakedown shit. And he didn't like bend the knee appropriately. These are fucking meatheads, man. I saw them today. These are trashy people. Forget that they live in Canton, a nice town like that. Like if you, if this took place in fucking Southbridge, no one would be questioning it. Like, oh, obviously it's fucking Southbridge. But because it's Canton, people are like, well, this couldn't happen in Canton. Oh, yes, it could. White trash. White trash got money too sometimes. They can afford it, you know, upper middle class lifestyle too. Uh, throughout the course of this investigation and throughout the course of this case. But those could and if true, those uh, very words by definition uh, evince uh, the, uh, the very nature of, of this particular request. Uh, the first issue uh, would be with the time frame, as it's stated within the motion, it's from 2015 to present. Uh, I'm not sure uh, why so expansive a time frame is, is needed or necessary or relevant to anything uh, that is a subject matter before the court. Uh, as counsel uh, suggests, uh, that uh, photographs of Mr. O'Keefe's injuries suggest that he was severely beaten and left for dead, uh, having sustained blunt force injuries to both sides of his face as well as to the back of his head. Uh, that there's evidence of defensive wounds, there's a cluster of deep scratches and puncture wounds to his upper arm and forearm. Uh, and then the defendant essentially asked the court to take the then inferential leap to these injuries, which are wholly inconsistent uh, with the injuries noted by both the emergency medical personnel at Good Samaritan, where Mr. O'Keefe was taken immediately from the scene where he was, uh, his body was discovered, and from the medical examiner's finding and sworn testimony uh, so wholly inconsistent with those that these are then take the inference that these are like, consistent what is, with uh, who, white marks or scratch marks from an animal. Have you ever heard adult. anyone say less? In support of these assertions, as counsel stated, there's an affidavit from Dr. Frank Sheridan that the injuries are consistent with animal claw or scratch marks. You lose it? Did they lose the feed there? As far as... Uh, as far as... Actually, let me read a couple turtle chats here uh, in the meantime, because I've got a couple turtle chats. I want to read these out. Give me a moment. Take a quick break here. Uh, all right. So we got one from Mandy. Sends $10. Says, thank you for fighting the truth. Keep it going. You're welcome, Mandy. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. And I'm absolutely, albeit, this is my new project. Like, this is, this story is, I'm going to do more stories on different topics. Don't worry. But this one right now, I, I will be committed to the story until the end. You have my word with that. Um, okay, next up, Carrie since 10 says, looked good today in the news in your turtle green. Thank you very much, Carrie. I appreciate that. Uh, we got one from Monica since 100. Thank you very much, Monica. It says, thanks for bringing light to this. Justice for John and Carrie. Thank you very much, Monica. Very kind of you. Next up, we got one from Mike since 100. Very, very kind. Very generous tonight, guys. Uh, and says, keep 
fighting brother. Thank you very much, Mike. That's very generous of you, sir. Uh, Mandy sends fifty dollars. Thank you very much. She says, "Can we start a GoFundMe for Karen?" Uh, I would feel uncomfortable doing that um, without her permission, and her and I don't talk. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll see. Um, next up, we have uh, Suzanne. Since twenty five, says keep fighting for the underdog. Praying Karen is exonerated. Thank you very much. Absolutely. I think it's going to happen, Suzanne. Uh, Commissioner Willie sends 25. Says, doing God's work, son. Thank you, Commissioner Willie. 25 from DW says, this is becoming very common to say to you, Unc. Strong work once again. Also, shout out to Troll Homeo. We know you're watching and shaking with anger. Loser. Dude, Troll Homeo on Twitter is having... All I do is retweet that guy now. Like, I love Troll Homeo. He's so mad. He's so mad. He's so mad about this. Oh, poor Troll Homeo. Okay, next up, we have uh, Frank sends $40. Says, dude, you are relentless. Journalists used to have integrity. It's good to finally see it again. Keep on keeping on, Turtle. Expose each and every one of them. I hope they all see their days in court. Peace. I appreciate that, Frank. And Anonymous sends $5. Says, am I crazy or did the kids sitting behind you in court Look like Colin Albert. Now that's some 15-year-old kid. He's on my he's on the good side of the good side. I had a nice conversation with that young man. Sharp young kid. Uh friend of the family. So there's that. Okay. Uh we also have a couple cash apps, I think. What gotta read out loud to the class. Uh Philip Doobie sends 25 and says, for the best source for the truth. Thank you, Philip. Uh Christian Portanova sends 10 and says, Is Brian Albert still going to work like normally would? No, I I believe he's been he tried to retire and they wouldn't let him they see what's going on there so uh also earlier in the day at 731 christine c sent a hundred dollars and uh sent today was canceled for your protection thank you very much i appreciate that and nicole silveria sent 15 earlier as well says can't wait to hear the full recap i think you're getting it dude repping the turtle Rep in the turtle chat link, please. People want to still donate, but the link's gone now. Oh, it's gone. Oh, let me put that back up. Hold on one sec. Thank you for that. So let me, uh, I, I, I put that poll on there. So the turtle chat thing is gone. So I'm going to put it right back in here. Turtle chat. Turtle chat. If anyone else wants to donate, I'll pin that to the top. And uh, you can do that. Pin. Okay. That's pinned to the top now. Looks like people seem to think that uh, the dog is not alive, which I would agree with. I would definitely agree with that. Okay, if anyone else wants to donate, you can do it that way. Let's carry on. As far as uh, how the medical professionals detail what those injuries are. In those medical records, uh, what the personnel at Good Samaritan, the doctors, the nurses, this is a big uh, question. examined Mr. O'Keefe when he came into their facility. They described his injuries as a right superior orbital ridge region, approximately seven millimeter laceration. Oh, uh, this fucking guy. Uh, positive for surrounding soft tissue, swelling, and uh, positive breath sounds bilaterally, pulseless, uh, positive superficial oh. grand jury. Uh, described Mr. O'Keefe's right arm injuries uh, as scratches, signs of an altercation or fight uh, from her. Wait, what is this? A linear pattern so this is caused by a blunt object. Okay, it's caused uh, by a blunt object. or noted that they appear to be in a linear pattern. What does that mean? Uh, she detailed uh, that she observed no signs of an altercation or fight uh, from her. Uh, no signs of an altercation or fight. Dude's fist was completely black and blue. Besides that, I mean, what does all. What is a sign of an altercation? If that's not a sign, then what is? Uh, thorough internal and external examination of Mr. O'Keefe. 
And lastly, she testified in great detail as to the swelling of his Dollar eyes sign, related Uncle to Turtle the fractures in his skull and how those manifested into the observable swelling and discoloration of his face. And essentially what she testified to was that there was a laceration on the right back of Mr. O'Keefe's head, that there was a skull fracture in that immediate area, the right parietal area of uh, the victim's skull. That that then caused a swelling on the brain, which she observed as oh. well as Dr. Stonebridge observed during her neuropathology uh, examination. Okay. Uh, underneath of the skull caused the radiating skull fractures uh, that she observed in Mr. O'Keefe. Okay. Tissue behind the eye then causes both of the eyes to swell. Okay, That's okay, doctor. Extensive wounds. Uh, she was specifically asked uh, those questions and testified to that uh, before the grand jury as to uh, Fairview uh, on that particular evening. Uh, counsel mischaracterizes uh, some other statements made by a witness, Mr. Brian Nagel, who had uh, come to pick up his uh, sister at the residence. Uh, she came out, he observed that vehicle. He observes that vehicle from the entirety of the time that he's there. So he's pulling on to Fairview. Ms. Reed is coming on to Fairview in the opposite direction. The right blinker on and the left blinker on. The operator of the vehicle that Mr. Nagel is in then uh, essentially flashes its lights and allows Ms. Reed to pull in first. So Mr. Nagel is there the entire time uh, that Ms. Reed pulls onto the street when she pulls up. Indicates that she initially pulls over to the right-hand side of the curb, then pulls the vehicle forward a little bit further. That's corroborated in testimony from a number of different people who were inside the house, as well as Mr. Nagel's sister, uh, who then uh, came out of the house. A bunch of liars. Talked to her brother uh, at the door of the truck that he was uh, riding. Mr. Nagel further indicated that at no point did the brake lights come off, including the center top light of the SUV that he observed in front of the house. Uh, there were no footprints outside of the vehicle. He never saw anyone exit the vehicle. No one in the house uh, reported ever having uh, anyone oh. come inside the house. You mean none of the murderers reported him being there. So case closed. Or seeing anyone exit the vehicle. And I'm a little confused uh, just as far as uh, counsel's uh, statements, as far as the uh, multiple people saw uh, Mr. O'Keefe. Uh, or never saw Mr. O'Keefe uh, come into the house. Or if he comes into the house and he's attacked by the dog, I, I'm just a little confused as far as is, is there, are they in the conspiracy or are these people sort of let out of the conspiracy because they say what? something that he's trying? Oh, they sound so that crazy. Conspiracy. If they're all in the house and Mr. O'Keefe comes in the house and gets attacked by a dog and then gets dragged out to the bottom of the lawn and left there for dead, then why do they all testify that no one came into the house? Uh, because they don't want to go to jail, Lunchbox? The fuck is wrong with uh, you? It's consistent oh my God. throughout uh, the entirety of all the witnesses. It's consistent with Mr. Nagel as well. It's consistent Numbnuts. with the forensic evidence. It's consistent uh, with every piece of evidence uh, that has uh, come to light at this point. Um, and there's further statements in regard to the dog. Uh, some reported uh, incidents several months after the death of Mr. Keith, uh, the council suggests ineluctably that the, the animal was violent and prone to violence from one incident that postdates uh, this particular uh, time frame of uh, Mr. O'Keefe's death and okay. from an incident that he has no information about, whether or not it involved another animal, whether or not it involved okay. hell, is that it is not a discovery tool. It is based on information, relevant evidentiary support, which is completely and utterly lacking this particular motion and this particular submission. Uh, so for those reasons, the Commonwealth will request that the motion be denied. Okay. Forward on that and then having the hearing regarding the um, she wanted timing this thing to end the so video. Fast. How are we going forward with this before I hear from you on the substance, Mr. Jackson? What is the next date for? 
May 25th. Right. Uh, What's it for? The evidentiary hearing? Yes. So do you plan on arguing your Rule 17 motion today or that day? Not both. That day. Okay. I'd rather reserve and, and, and that makes sense to that, that makes sense to me as well. So we're finished for today, unless she there was said, any follow-up. No, she wanted this to end. I'm not going to hear a preview on the motion that we're going to hear on that day. That's fine. I do have some points to okay, make. Okay, I'll hear. You, I'll hear you on that. Thank you. With regard to the dog, um, first of all, I, I I think the Commonwealth misses the point. If there was a fight inside the house with the dog's owner. The dog would likely attack. That's the that is the Duh. the idea that is borne out by the evidence that we have. We know that facially, and and blunt force was used. Owns a ninety pound German Shepherd that has since been gotten rid of. So we know that the dog attacks according to to sort of uncontroverted evidence. There, when John O'Keefe died after, what, 15, 16 months, that somehow John O'Keefe was stabbed or cut up this is a, with yeah. a broken cocktail glass. This is like the cocktail glass? What? Which would produce... That? The cocktail glass did that. Yeah, the cocktail glass did that. That makes absolutely no sense. It just doesn't pass the same test. These are not from a cocktail glass. Who did that to is there is there a new theory that Karen Reed got out of the car broke a cocktail glass then wielded an edge of that cocktail glass and cut up John's arm. Then John stood there while she jumps in the car, slams it into reverse, then hits him with the car. That's literally with the her theory. With her in the back of the head. This, like, that's literally the theory. I'm so glad he said that. It's like, so she, this hundred whatever pound woman gets out of the car and hits John O'Keefe with a tail, like a glass, like, yeah, I cut you. Now I'm going to finish you off. Just stand right there real quick while I back into you going five miles an hour. And then that will finish you off. You, fuck you, John. I hate you forever. What? <laughs> what? I'm so glad he said that because it's like he literally is arguing the prosecution's case for them to show them how stupid they sound. Because Lunchbox can't say anything. He's up there be like, oh, your honor, uh, rule 17, evidentiary hearing. Uh, so uh, the common this, this, this is it a conspiracy? We don't know. Uh, so back to this, blah, 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 blah. we don't, we don't know. Real, real charming guy, that guy, real charming guy, Mr. Lally. It, it, it makes absolutely no sense. That is the Commonwealth grasping at straws. If it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, it's a duck. This looks like an animal attack because it is an animal attack. And it's at the same time, temporarily at the same time, that he was otherwise beaten and then ultimately left for dead. Interestingly, it's interesting that the Commonwealth doesn't mention the basement in their arguments. I mentioned the basement because that's very likely exactly where John O'Keefe went once he walked into the house. There's no evidence that John O'Keefe walked into the house. The Commonwealth has evidence that John O'Keefe went into the house. They have it. They just sat on it for several years, or for several months, over a year. That Apple, the, the Apple Health data, three floors, a basement, a middle floor, and an upstairs. His Apple Health data also shows that he took multiple steps 
after he left the car, after he left uh, Karen Reed's vehicle. Those, the, the multiple steps indicate that he was in the house. If, in fact, the Commonwealth were correct, and he stepped out of the car, was hit by the car, and fell down and died, if that's what their theories in, theory is, he would have no Apple Health data suggesting that he was climbing stairs and, and walking about as if he were inside the house and was ushered down to the basement, at which point there was a fight, he was beaten to unconsciousness, and then everybody in the house leaves, not having to go down to the basement. There's a door that services that basement that's closed. So there's no reason for people who are upstairs, either upstairs or the Commonwealth lease out probably the most important part of his testimony. Brian Nagel's testimony is that he arrived just after Karen Reed arrived. They arrived uh, not at the exact same time. She turned down the road. Then he turned down the road. As he approached the road, give us the then, thumbs sorry, up. As he approached the you house, gotta, you got to X out of the chat. If you're on a phone, he you got to X out of the chat. Give me a thumbs the up that time, Just after she had already uh, arrived, certainly time enough for John to get out of the, the, the car and walk toward the front door. He said that he observed that there was no taillight damage whatsoever. He later observed inside, either through a dome light or through other ambient light, that he could see inside the passenger, passenger compartment of her car and that she sat there alone. And most important, he didn't see her hit anybody with, his, with her SUV. <laughs> That's the most important part of Ryan Nagel's testimony. He didn't see her hit him, hit John with the car which he would have had to have seen. Like he was like, th this is the most remarkable part about this is there was a witness. There was somebody right fucking there when it all allegedly happened and he didn't see anything. He didn't see John O'Keefe at all. There certainly didn't see anyone getting run over. Oh, good Lord. If you situated right behind her, And the Commonwealth has repeated what they've oft repeated several times, which is there was no sign at all of any kind of an altercation or fight. Well, if there's no sign of an altercation or fight, how can you turn around and say you've got a cocktail glass that this? <laughs> That's a good point. They can't talk out, out of both sides of their mouth. How could they reasonably ignore two black eyes a laceration over his right eye, a laceration at his nose. Uh, he looked like he had gone 10 rounds against the back of the arms, get the brunt of the punches as you cover your face. Yeah. And supports his owner. And what does a person do to protect himself? And that's where the lacerations, the bite marks, the claw marks, use the cite to words that we use, what the evidence might show, what it could show. I already have the records. I wouldn't need the court to ask for it. Of course, I don't know everything that's in the records. And the reason that we asked your honor for 2015 is because we have evidence that in 2017, the dog looked full grown. So we wanted to go back and bracket the proper amount of time. If the, say the dog was a couple of years old at the time that photograph was taken in 2017, we want all the records associated with that dog, uh, which means we bracketed our request. It's not overly burdensome. It's certainly not burdensome to the to the Canton Animal Control, and it's not burdensome to the Canton Town Clerk. Right. And right. if the records don't exist because they just don't, they're too old, then no harm, no foul. But that's why we bracketed uh, our request to go back from 2017. Uh, sorry.
Anything else, Mr. Be that uh, attributing the cuts on Mr. Uh, we go. Arm in their entirety of cocktail blast would be somewhat ridiculous. That's not what I said. <laughs> he already does. He goes attributing all the cuts on his arm to a cocktail glass is absurd. That's not what I said. Uh, I think it was lunchbox. I'm pretty sure. Why did you say it at all? Like, so why are you even see what I'm saying? He can't even come out and come up with the theory. So he just throws this shit out there. Well, there's a glass next to him, a cocktail glass, and we believe it from one form of trauma. I didn't say, I never said that, though. Maybe it happened. I don't know. The Commonwealth has no theory here at all. Like, they can't come up with anything because it's fucking impossible. And they don't mind making fools of themselves. Um, and that's not what I was attributing them to. I, I think the court understood that, but just so counsel understands that as well. As it pertains to uh, Mr. Nagel, uh, what is in his testimony is that he had the vehicle. They arrived at the residence in tandem. The vehicle was there when Mr. Nagel left. So while he sees no one exit the vehicle, no one enter the house, and no one else sees uh, anyone exit the vehicle or enter the house during that specific time frame, the defendant and presumably Mr. O'Keefe are still there and still in the vehicle at the time Mr. Nagel leaves the house. Wait. That was the point uh, that I was making. They were still in the vehicle? Where the fuck was he? Playing hide and go seek? Uh, Is Reddington dead? As it pertains to the Apple oh Health data, and, and obviously we'll get Look at into him. this a little bit more when it comes to that. Uh, Look at him. Look at Reddington. The Apple Health data is the same Apple okay, Health Okay, he's alive. Okay. Uh, that's being relied upon for the supposition that Mr. O'Keefe went inside the house. That same Apple Health data has, among other things, Mr. O'Keefe taking 46 steps and traveling a certain bit of distance around 11.56 a.m. on January 29th. The problem with that is that he was uh, pronounced deceased at the Good Samaritan Medical Center at 7.50 a.m., some four hours like, prior to that. Like, this is honestly what they're saying. They're like, well, uh, the, the, the data is not correct because the data shows him moving after he was already dead. No lunchbox. The data shows that the phone was moving, not him himself. Okay, stupid. That's not what the data is showing. You dishonest fuck. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. In addition to that, uh, from the information as far as uh, when that uh, ascending or descending of stairs occurred between, I believe it's 1221 and 1224 a.m., uh, there's a way search and uh, location data for Mr. O'Keefe's phone. Way search is conducted, and the GPS location information from Mr. O'Keefe's phone shows him in route to the house and not arriving at the house until 1224 a.m. So it the information the council is relying on has him going up and down three flights of stairs before he's even at the house. Uh, so for those reasons, again, uh, the Commonwealth would uh, submit the defendants not met its burden and ask that the uh, motion be denied. Uh, before we do conclude, I just did want to... Uh, Remind the court there are a couple of the other issues that I need to uh, address with the court, specifically okay. uh, the Commonwealth's motions to impound and the Commonwealth's uh, motion for uh, access to the defendant's phone. I thought they had her phone. Okay. I'll hear you. So there were two motions uh, to impound that the Commonwealth filed. One pertains to the uh, grand jury transcripts and exhibits uh, that I had uh, attached as attachments or exhibits. Uh, to the opposition to uh, this specific motion, records of Ms. McCabe and Mr. Albert. Um, now, certainly the Commonwealth is not saying in any way, shape, or form that those items shouldn't be submitted. The defendant can submit whatever whatever she wants, whatever counsel wants in support of that request for the court to review. But the manner in which uh, the information is released is specifically like, what I take issue with, uh, and I'd be remiss if I didn't say this uh, on behalf of the O'Keefe family. I'm not sure they're, I don't, I'm not sure they hear you. 
in reference to the motion to impound the attachments to the defendant's Rule 17 motion for Mr. Albert's phone and the call detail records of Mr. Albert and Ms. McKay. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't, uh, on behalf of the O'Keefe family, as well as just what the statutory rules are, and specifically I'm talking about the Supreme Judicial Court, Rule 124, pertaining to protection of personal identifying information and publicly accessible court documents, uh, which I would imagine that at least Mr. Nettie, uh, even if Mr. Jackson and Ms. Little aren't uh, familiar with, uh, does uh, provide rules as to how things are filed uh, that are of uh, that, okay, that kind of uh, sensitive nature and that Wrap kind of biographical up. information, Wrap as well as uh, possibly some autopsy photos uh, that should have been uh, things of the like that should. Well, people, somebody saw somebody in the comments ask, like, what's going to happen on the 25th? Well, it's it's an evidentiary hearing. So, like I said earlier, they're going to get a chance to. Uh, so she'll rule on this beforehand. She'll she won't do rule on it in court, and motions will be filed outside of court. Like you know, they won't actually have a hearing. Uh, but for the evidentiary hearing on the twenty fifth, he will get to ask uh, to subpoena uh, Proctor, McCabe, and Brian Albert. So uh, we get to see all of them in the flesh, all of them in the flesh be impounded pursuant to the statute as well i want reddington sitting there uh, every time take issue uh, with uh, particular that motion specifically on page 11 there is a specific reference made to the name of uh, the decedent's niece uh, which is uh, strictly oh, this is uh, prohibited it's... as far as being uh, provided in a public uh, document so so this is about the like so they like they don't want this is where there was an outburst in the court he's like uh john niece they don't want her name in public court documents which i've never said her name and i never will i don't think anyone has uh but there was an out i'll get listen to this there's an outburst in the court when this happens from the white trash side for those reasons i would ask that the attachments uh to that motion uh to whatever extent it can be at this point given the the public release of them uh being found mr yanetti <clears throat> Your Honor, I believe that some of that information may be in the public domain already, so it may be that the cat is out of the bag with regard to some of it. Um, we're at- it is now, right? I'm it, sorry? It is uh, the cat's See that? See how everyone looks over there? That was the outburst. There was an outburst there. Somebody yelled some shit out there. When he's like, I'm pretty sure people have said this girl's name, but, you know, basically, that's fine. We We don't. We can keep her name out of it, but out of the bag now. Right, right, right. Yes. So, I mean, we're 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 agnostic on this motion to impound. Um, you know, we have access to it. The Commonwealth has access to it, and most importantly, the court has access to it. All right. So, by statute, everything that um, was is that Aaron Rodgers? I swear to God, to have been requested to be impounded. Look at this Aaron Rodgers motherfucker. Look at that guy. So that was not done. Um, are you talking about the motion that we filed with regard to the uh, Albert? That was a separate motion that Mr. Lally just right. filed on behalf of his motion. Right. Is the hearing over? Those are both of them. By statute. So, is this hearing over? Your Honor, if I could <laughs> is this just hearing address uh, the comment that filed some time ago. Okay, lunchbox goes one more time. Regarding communications stored in the defendant's iPhone. So, we had addressed this uh, briefly. I think uh, therein was then downloaded. Uh, upon a cursory review of that information, there was uh, an indication that there was some communication between Ms. Reed and Mr. Yanetti uh, contained within uh, the information within that phone. Uh, so obviously all uh, examination of uh, Ms. Reed's phone from the Commonwealth's perspective ceased uh, at that time. Um, 
and we had begun exploring and uh, filing this motion. I had it in hand to file with the court on the last date. Uh, however, after uh, several discussions with Mr. Yanetti and counsel for the defendant, I was uh, then informed in court on the last date that the uh, the AFE or the um, look at them. They're like, what the fuck are they talking about? Sort of forensic examiner that would look at that phone was uh, believed to have some sort of conflict. It was was not acceptable to Mr. Yanetti. So there was a separate person who uh, essentially runs the lab at the Attorney General's office. Who I spoke to Mr. Yanetti about uh, whether or not that person would be acceptable. Uh, okay. With that and modified the motion to incorporate Commonwealth has not uh, because counsel has uh, failed to uh, agreement. The court could act on the papers and analyzed by the attorney general's office, uh, cybercrime. You're okay with the individual that was cited in it? Y- yes, the individual's office. Okay, so the motion's allowed. We argued that a while ago. Okay, and was that acted upon by the court? Judge, um, we're, we're all for exhausting. To me. Certainly are. So there's a form uh, that's provided by the okay. lab. Amen. Right into the lab. For Mr. Lowey's earlier argument is that only applies to the hair. We're not concerned about it. Okay. Is that everything? She's not here. She said exhaustive testing on any of those items, Mr. Lowey. Okay, fine. Yeah, so we'll sign we'll sign uh, regarding the hair. We don't we're not concerned. He's about right it. there. Okay. Is that everything? From the Commonwealth, yes. I believe so, Judge. Thank, like, you. Right. Thank you. We'll see you on the twenty fifth. 525 at 9.30. This is where she waves to me, people are saying? 9.30. Thank you. That's her brother right there, Nathan. You see, he was a nice guy, really nice guy. That's her parents. I guess that's the end of it. I didn't see the wave. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we'll see what happens. Um, uh, let me just read a couple turtle chats here and then we'll end this. Uh, we got one from Prez since $5 says, fuck Giovanni, Brian, and Shane. And will you marry me? Lauren De Laguna. Okay. How about that? Uh, MJ sends 25 says, we support you, Karen. Thank you for your hard work. Uh, Turtle boy for your hard work and dedication to the cause. Thank you very much, MJ. We appreciate that. Uh, Brian sends $25 says, keep up the solid journalism. I'm hearing Trooper Proctor is the lead investigator on the Brian and Anna Walsh case. Yes, he is. And it's funny because that case also involves Googling, which the prosecution doesn't dispute. Like the Googles in that one are legit. Weird, and like they get DNA back on, they got the DNA back on Brian Walsh in like what a day? <laughs> Come on, when they want to get someone, they get someone. When they like, when it's because Brian Walsh can go fuck himself, he's like the least likable person ever, ever. So no one gives a fuck about Brian Walsh, but you know, Brian, what's his name? Albert, different story, different story. Uh, also, we have here, um. Should be interesting it's, uh, if it's proven he planted evidence. Yeah, exactly. Maureen sends 25. Says, does the cocktail glass match the waterfall's glassware or does it match the Albert's home glassware? That's a very good question. I believe it came from inside the house. So do I. They probably carried him out there with Drunky the Clown Colin following them and he dropped it or smashed it. Just my thoughts. Keep it up, Turtle Boy. Yes, I completely 100% agree 
with that. Uh, Cash App also we have over here um, from Christine Young sends $10. Thank you very much, Christine. And we also got another 20 from Miles Lane and uh, says for respect. I appreciate that very much. All right. Uh, anyone have any questions before we wrap this one up? Don't forget to hit that like button. Leave a comment afterwards, guys. That was help with the algorithm. We gained oh, like 1,500 subs today or some shit like that, dude. Turtle Boy is exploding on these mean streets of YouTube. Exploding, man. Howard Stern? No fucking way. He did not die, did he? I mean, his, they, the, the old Howard Stern's been dead for years anyway. He really died? Howard Stern died? Tonight? That's crazy. That's crazy. There's a screenshot of you in the Turtle Boy blog comment section of her looking right at you. I'll check it out. It's on my Facebook page. I'll check it out. Yeah, I think she was waving at her brother. Her brother Nathan waves to her there. I have not read what Albert filed. That's a great question. I'm going to have to look at the court docs after this. This judge is a total trash bag. She's not going to give an inch to Karen Reed's attorneys. This case should be tried in a whole different state. I mean, I've, they'll, they'll give in. I mean, I've when the facts are so overwhelming towards one side, we'll see. We'll see. You really? Oh, yes. Uh, after the texts I received tonight, I'm pretty certain of it. They are going down. Dude, the feds are on it, man. They're not going to accept a dead cop. Like, the fact that he's a cop matters. It does. They're not going to accept that. That there's oh, just a murdered cop, and I guess we'll never know who did it. They're not going to accept that, man. They're not going to accept that. The feds aren't going to accept that. Oh, thank you very much, Savage Possible. I appreciate that. I'm working really hard. Just know that. I'm working very hard. Thank you. So. So Howard Stern's not dead. Okay. Whatever. Um, also, we got a $10. Uh, John sends $10 for the donos. He says, is Proctor still on duty? Yeah, he is. Proctor's just going about life as usual, I guess. Yeah, the Julie Mejia thing. I need more time to talk about that, but I will get to that. And honestly... Mike Ehrmantraut, like, that's the thing. Jen McCabe, like, you're not going to live life as normal anymore. I'm, I'm going to make, like, I got, maybe I'll become a Canton Lacrosse fan, Jen McCabe. Maybe I will. Like, you, you hid from me today. You can't hide from me forever, girlfriend. And your cuck husband either. None of you fucking pieces of shit got anything to say to me when I'm in your face. So we'll see. We'll see. Somebody saw Chris Albert and Brian Albert in the parking lot today. That's what they told me. I had somebody that said they saw them both. I did not see them, but they, of course, did not go in. But. Uh, I got to talk to my source that gave them to me first. Maybe then I will. We'll see. It's more, I mean, it's more just funny. Like you read them, you're like, man, these fucking, you realize how inept these people are. Like they have no plan. How'd you come up with the name Turtle Boy? The Turtle Boy statue in downtown Worcester. Go check it out. Read the book. Read the book, I Am Turtle Boy. You'll enjoy it. Have you guys in the comments read my book, my self-published book on Amazon, I Am Turtle Boy? It sold like 5,000 copies. 
Not too shabby for a self-published one. Oh, they have a select board meeting. Maybe that'll be my trip to Canton. Maybe I'll go to a select board meeting. Okay. Well, you know what, guys? I'm going to call it a night. So happy the Celtics won. I'm so happy to see all the support for Karen Reed today and Justice. I had a great day. It was a good day to be Turtle Boy. Uh, it was kind of like a culmination of all the hard work we've been putting in on this. And uh, stay tuned, man. Tomorrow's another day. All right. Going to head out now. Love you all. Thanks for all the donors. Really appreciate it. Uh, Turtle Club tomorrow night uh, for members only at 930. So feel free to join that. I, we'll probably be talking something about this case tomorrow. So feel free to join that if you'd like. It's a great way to support the cause as well. All right. Peace, Turtle Riders.